teamed up with Vehicles for Charity to make it easy. Call 816-931-3122 to learn how your unused vehicle can help sustain Kansas City Community Radio. Okay. I'm Tommy Ramon, and you are listening to 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. about it is appealing everything the traffic will allow no way could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow there's no people like show people they smile when they are low yesterday they told you you would not go far that night you open and there you are next day on your dressing room they The makeup, the props, the audience that lifts you when you're down. The headaches, the heartaches, the backaches, the flops. The sheriff who escorts you out of town. The opening when your heart beats like a drum. The closing when the customers don't come. Get word before the show has started That your favorite uncle died at dawn And top of that, your palma have parted You're broken-hearted, but you go on There's no people like show people They smile when they are low Even with a turkey that you know will fold You may be stranded out in the cold Still you wouldn't change it Well, hello and welcome to this Tuesday morning edition of the KKFI Arts Magazine show. I am Michael Hook, your host. Glad to have you with us on this Tuesday here in the city. We know how you get on Tuesday, by the way, <laughs> as you listen to the Arts Magazine show right here on KKFI. 90.1 FM, your community radio station right here in Kansas City. Second weekend of our new early starting time. A lot of the, uh, and you'll hear some announcements later on, but a lot of the shows, in fact, 27% of the KKFI schedule has changed a little bit. So if you're having problems finding your favorite program, just go to the website kkfi.org and uh, you you'll be able to you'll see the calendar, you'll see the schedule and you'll be able to see where your favorite show has moved and there's new programs uh, around in the schedule as well. 
But we have the same mission here today. We're going to talk about artistic type endeavors that are going on in and around the Kansas City area. And with me, and uh, it's an interesting story, <laughs> City in Motion Dance. They have classes. They have uh, professional dance presentations. They have all kinds of things, and we're going to hear about that today. Lydia Knopf. Is that the correct way to say your knop? Yeah. Knop. Yeah. Okay, I got to sound that p, or or you'll get mad at <laughs> me later p. on in the show. Is with Silent us. K. One of the people that are with us. She is now the board president of a City in Motion. And I, I've had other board presidents of different organizations on. They always say the same thing: thankless job. <laughs> it's not for the weak. <laughs> no, it isn't. There's a lot more complications that I if you ever watch the reruns of the Beverly Hillbillies, you'll you'll see Jethro talk about the, the banker drives down. He'll always say, Oh, those board presidents, that's that's the worst job. <laughs> <laughs> so but I'm sure it's rewarding. I to get you. a lot and of joy wanna, out of it. Did you used to cool dance? I did. I grew up with City in Motion and came here every Saturday on Main Street to take classes um, since I was six. Yeah, when we want to talk about those classes, don't yeah. don't let me forget about that. I want to talk about the kind of classes and all that. Absolutely. Also with us, Marianne Ellison is with us. She is uh, did you say Recently retired from the board? Yes, I was on the board for the six years. Um, I've been dancing as a student for 10, approximately 10 years. So I started just as a student and then got involved. Is that the way it happens with a lot of people? You know, that we do meet a lot of people through the school. And so, yeah, it's, it's a joyful way to start and get to know the teachers, the students, you know, what the what we're up to so yeah well, well we're here to talk about modern night but since we're into the classes part tell the folks the kinds of classes you have it's quite a variety i've i've seen announcements for hula dancing of all things uh, uh other things as well yeah dance for everybody um, we have a variety of offerings this session so we've got a winter session that's offering you know your classic foundations ballet modern and then there's some um, funky, new, fresh classes like Improv for Health and um, Itty Bitty Dance for our three to five-year-olds. And um, what am I missing, Marianne? Zumba. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fun class. Um, adult for adults, mostly. on um, And hip hop hip-hop yeah. yes i'll bet that's really popular that's an important one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and marianne and i used to dance hip-hop together i said i can't believe i forgot that class <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's yep. for everybody so um three to 93 is kind of our creed and um we've been kind of hopping around since covid where we offer these classes but right now they're offered out of um 82nd and Warnell studio that we sure. share with Lorna's over there in the like Waldo area. So um, it's been fun being a part of a studio again. And so that's where you would go to have your class. New part of town. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember the lady, uh, an older lady. I hate to get into this, but I guess she's passed away since then. Oh, really? She taught the tap dancing oh, for years. Billy Mahoney. Billy yeah. Mahoney is right. Yeah. Yes. She's a legend. That's where I started when I came back to, to dance was with her beginner tap class right here on Main Street. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fantastic. 
Yeah. I took a couple classes from her when we moved to Plex Pod, and I understood right then and there um, how important she was because just getting the basics from a legend like that was like... Oh, sure. Um, I had her on here for an hour, just her and me. Mm-hmm. And Aww. we heard stories. I heard stories about her and uh, some big names in New York. Uh, and she talked about her interactions with them. Uh, I, I won't go through the whole list, but mm-hmm. Arthur Godfrey was one. She appeared on the Arthur Godfrey program, which in its day, I'm looking at Lydia because she probably has no idea. I don't recognize that name. <laughs> He he was a major presence on radio, especially, and then on mm-hmm. television. If you were on his show, you were making it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and awesome. she had she had stories about him. She had stories about a lot of people. And how many years has it been now? I want you, you, you were still at the Folly, I think, because I remember seeing her sitting in uh, the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had had the stroke that she had, mm-hmm. and uh, she she couldn't. Uh, get up and walk around during the intermission so i talked to her with her mm-hmm. with her standing and all that but I, as i understand it she has since uh passed from this uh realm mm-hmm. uh taking all of her stories with her which is sad in a way well i'm glad she was yeah she was recorded there's a lot of history around her she mm-hmm. yeah i think even had a little television uh, show you know i mean things things um i think her History will be produced over time. She had a special class that uh, it was the uh, the Uptown Arts Bar. Mm. She had a special class down there, and she brought video of several of her shows and played it for everyone uh, following uh, the class that she was there for. I was remembering that she would come to our shows, the Modern Night. You know, she she really supported the arts, and um, she was not only part of the team but she she showed up which was really special yeah and then the tap jams that she brought the community together which is kind of part of our mantra is collaboration and bringing people together all all the dancers of of the city not just one studio it's I remember everybody who loves dance. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. A huge group at Union Station of her mm-hmm. tappers. I yeah. think you were in that one. Maybe, oh, yeah. Marian. Yeah. I got to perform a few times with her, her tap troupe. Be- so because special. of her experience and all that, was she a demanding teacher? Oh, yeah. She was <laughs> she was firm at times, you know, story told, you know, throughout the class. But, you know, very you know yeah yeah when she, i took her business. her intro class it was it was but it, that kind of regiment you sort of need when you're learning at least for foundation basics i couldn't imagine her advanced classes mm-hmm. but she would tap along and i mean it was um it was like an addictive almost in that oh, class to yeah. she danced at the jazz yes and it, and it was mm-hmm. a tap i think because uh uh, both of the brothers, the, the mm-hmm. famous McFadden. brothers, both, the, mm-hmm. both of the McFadden, one mm-hmm. has since passed, but yes. both of the McFadden brothers uh, came mm-hmm. yeah. and they Aww. did their uh, the banter that they would usually do. If, even, yeah. if you'd ever seen one of their shows, they would banter with uh, each other. Not too much different from the Smothers brothers, except they would dance rather than just stand there and play their guitars. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah horns and they were, Incredible. yeah, they were. Yeah, all tap, all all legends. Let's say in Kansas City, all great leaders. So, yeah. At the at the time I first interviewed them, I'm getting way off subject. Well, that's okay. <laughs> we have I, a I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting way off subject. I know, but when I interviewed them for the first time, 
they were together. They they were talking about an engagement they had going on here in the city. and But they were trying to get a television program, and offers were out. Their agent was uh, looking into these things for them. And they wanted to do a syndicated television program. And uh, I asked them, well, what kind of concept do you do you want? You, this the two of you performing uh, for an hour, say? And they both said, no, not exactly. Performing, yes, but not necessarily in our style. Well, what do you mean by that? They said, well, if we have a guest on who's a country performer, say they managed to talk Taylor Swift into coming, they would perform country music with Taylor Swift. Oh, my gosh. And if a jazz person was on, they would do jazz with that person. If this classical person was on, they would perform classical with that they weren't afraid to do anything yeah that's a true mark of a performer so you know, willing to improv and move on from your your favorites but as in demand as they were and they were very in demand from if you look at their schedule and uh, talk to them about it uh, they, they were very busy but they wouldn't miss coming to billy mahoney's tap session mm. and of course they were featured as well as some other performers she could get uh big names to come and did get big names to come she was quite uh, something but you don't have her around to teach the tap anymore who does teach the we tap? are currently looking for a tap teacher actually uh-huh. billy mahoney when she passed we dedicated our outreach closet to her actually and so we have about 50 60 pairs of tap shoes um ready to be used by little and large feet um <laughs> but since we've been kind of dispersed around the city in cool new ways doing classes we haven't quite rebuilt our tap program i'm trying to talk marianne into teaching it but (laughs) she's gonna help we are um actually in a new partnership with the school for the blind over in kansas we're going to well they can tap yes people think just because they're vision impaired that they can't tap they they can tap what an auditory type of dance and i mean dance is inherently musical some you know would argue but tap and that population um, we really hope to explore so we're going to start an eight-week class on site at the school for the blind in kansas city kansas in february so uh, marianne's helping teach that one so yeah. I, you yeah. know we're kind of trying to spiral it out and be able to offer more but you know lorna's our our host uh studio they're a big tap studio too so that's to- in the waldo area let's yeah. nail down uh well, who do they need to contact if they're interested in inquiring about a class? And they probably have questions. And uh, where would they need to come for that? Yes. Well, we'll direct everybody to the website, cityinmotion.org. That's where kind of our clearinghouse for class information. And we are enrolling. You know, you can drop in, but we love someone to commit to eight weeks cause, or five-week class pass. I mean, there's a variety of options. Um, We realize people don't always want to commit to eight weeks, but, um, you know, we're trying to have been cracking the code on offering drop-in classes as a small organization and being able to keep a robust schedule of class offerings. So cityinmotion.org. And if you have any questions, you can always email our school. We have an awesome school director, program administrator, Brianne, um, who's very eager to answer any questions so that's school at cityinmotion.org and then if you want to just talk to a good old-fashioned human you can call um, our phone number which is 
816-200, actually 816, let me not lie, 816-200-0301. And anything we talked about, even if you're interested in um, Lorna's classes, we can definitely get you that information too. We're speaking with Lydia Knopp, who is the current board president and already went through what a, what a thankless job that can be. No, some people really enjoy it. I, it's time or treasure, <laughs> that's what I say. And Mary Ann Allison with us as well, you know, former member of the board, now a volunteer. I guess you just can't uh, get away from it. You can't shake me. Teacher, <laughs> you know. Teacher, yeah. Well, we'll get back to the classes and the location and all that. The bit. The reason the ladies came this morning is to talk about, now, is it the 20th annual Modern Night? And, and for the last few years, it's been Modern Night at the Jam. I mean, that's a that's a lovely celebration. Yeah, 20 years um, of modern night. Um, we've moved it to the gym recently, which feels really, um, it's a lovely theater. And But previously at the Folly, which is also a wonderful historical theater. Um, yeah, we're excited. The show is on Saturday night this weekend. So Saturday. Mark your calendar. It's not too late. Yeah, February the 3rd mm -hmm. at 7.30 p.m. at the Jam Theater, which, of course, uh, is at uh, 18th and Vine in the 18th and Vine area of town. And what a fitting place for you to be. It's one so of the sad. older theaters. It may not be as old as the Folly. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert. But it's one of the older theaters in town. Yeah. And if you can imagine all of the uh, historic people that worked in that theater over the years when boy when when jazz in that area was in its heyday uh, i feel it's in a renaissance now too yeah. i mean going back to the vine it's still it looks different these days and it's exciting to host events that have kind of the continuity um and bringing new energy in during that time so for a while the city my personal opinion now didn't know what to do with it really mm -hmm. it needed to be refurbished refurbished and it was mm -hmm. and uh, i remember not the current mayor but the previous mayor before him had several of his press conferences down there and it was a perfect place lots of room lots of room for the media to sit and uh, he would get up on stage and uh, answer questions and uh, what a good use of that space you know trying to find a good use for an older theater Kent City has a lot of theater spaces. Mm -hmm. It's just they're all occupied by mm -hmm. people. And that was probably a challenge for you when you were looking around for for a good space. Well, in twenty in two thousand four, uh, Modern Night became, you know, fixture of the Folly Theater. Um I've been digging up through all the archival stuff and um folks that made that happen twenty years ago have shared that they just loved the folly. They just wanted to produce something at this space, which was, you know, had union workers and really was a was a fixture of Kansas City. And so, I mean, as any board president knows, you got to find the funding to make stuff like that happen. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, you know, even to, in 2004, the arts community and, and sponsors and grantees and grantors um, believed in this kind of concept. And so... That was the sort of impetus of Modern Night, and it was really an extension of City Motion's new dance series that, um, you know, back in 1985 began uh, out of old churches and 
Penn Valley Community College stages. You know, they were they were just these co-founders of City in Motion and other artists in the region really wanted to present work, and there really wasn't places if, um, you know, you weren't established or involved with some larger organizations. So individual artists really had a hard time. And so the Folly was, the, the new dance series was that in a nutshell, and everyone could perform. And then from that, uh, Modern Night was born because they really wanted to um, focus on the artistic excellence in the area. And so um, the first five years weren't adjudicated, but they did move to the Folly, and then they had this influx of people that wanted to perform, and so they began adjudicating this show. Um, so really only like about nine or ten folks would get in every year. Um, and uh, John Moose Kimball, I don't know if you guys know him. But oh, yeah. Hey, tech expert. Tech expert. <laughs> I, I called him. I used to dance with his daughter in the youth dance theater at City Motion, and he was just uh, reflecting on the just lift of making this show happen and some of the crazy things like picking up broken eggs. Like, you know, one year some choreographer w- wanted to break eggs onto the Marley, and, or, <laughs> you know, just working with these unique artists that had their space to to dream. And then a lot of that if you kind of track some of the old choreographers or performers are now, um, you know, doing their own thing in Kansas City or have their own contemporary arts groups or troops and, you know, really like the petri dish of artistry um, at the Folly became um, this world that we're living in today. And, and about five, six years ago, City in Motion did a strategic plan and we really wanted to focus our efforts east of Troost during that time and and still do really dance for everybody is it's so much more um than just a vision statement for us and so i think the move to the gem theater was really intentional because of that plan um that we wanted to be in neighborhoods and areas that don't always get dance programming um and so now we're at this unique landmark year and um the gem has been wonderful. Oh, it's 112 years old. I just looked it up. Wow. So I don't know what the what the Follies uh, oh, year mark is. Probably, probably a little older. Probably older. Around that time. It, well, you're in the gym now. I hate to talk about the Folly. But, but it's a huge it, part it was re- of this show. Sure. It, would, so. it was rehabbed. It had to be. It was mm-hmm. falling down. It was an old vaudeville building. And uh, they had Built for up. dance. For also for vaudeville, I mean, the, mm-hmm. there's pictures. There, were, at least there were. I haven't been in there in a while. But Humphrey Bogart, uh, the Marx Brothers, uh, mm-hmm. Gypsy Rosalie, uh, the actual Gypsy Rosalie, <laughs> not the lady. The so really many people was. are talking <laughs> about Gypsy Rose these days. <laughs> yeah, that's a right. different one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I saw that yeah. special as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it was an old. And when you sit in there, I. And I'm a nostalgic person. I think about all the famous people that played in a building like that. And I'm sure that happened also with the jam. Yeah. And it's exciting probably for you to be there. Do some of the young people realize the historic significance? Not at all, probably. I don't, I don't think so. That's I get to write them remarks as the board president. Well, I don't know <laughs> if I get to, but I choose to write our show remarks. And I 
I learned that it was an old silent movie theater for African-Americans when theaters were segregated in Kansas City. And Modern Night at the Folly is always in February, so it's always like the beginning of Black History Month here. And so to me, I mean, that is, it's heavy, and yet it's it's really special to showcase new work in a place that has a lot of old history. Luanda Page, and not many of you probably remember her, not directly anyway, but uh, she told me, I met her some years before she passed away, she was in burlesque, and Mm. she worked a lot with Red Fox. In fact, she was uh, the cousin that he always bantered with on Sanford and Son, the, the taller woman. That was Luanda Page, and she lived in Kansas City and worked in the 10th and Vine and 18th and Vine areas of town. She was a wealth of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't have uh, major league baseball then. They had minor league teams. They had two, a black team and a white team. The Blues and the Monarchs both played. And the old stadium was not far from 18th and Vine. Yeah, it's right down there. The uh, culture's kind of mixed down there. And she told me, I hope it's true, I've told the story over, but she's, but she told me, she said that uh, the Jackie Robinson once proposed marriage to her. What? And she said she turned him down because he was only a minor league player, and she just didn't think he'd amount to much. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Luanda Page, and uh, it, it was interesting to meet her because she actually worked down there in yeah. that era. Yeah, and, uh, a lot in, of people have many in, stories in the gym theater. As, as well. So she had very fond memories of that. I should get back on track. I'm having too much fun <laughs> speaking good. with these ladies from uh, City in Motion. Modern Night at the Folly is uh, a choreographer showcase, and I assume it's still the same now. Other than it's Modern Night at the Gem this year. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I, I slipped the last time I did an interview about that. It's I told okay. myself I'm going to get it right every time, but I failed. No, it's okay. <laughs> and I, I do think that the folly is a big part this year. You know, even though it's not there, um, we've talked about taking it back there for certain shows. And um, I think it's cool to be an organization that gets to work with these venues and, um, you know, COVID, really, Modern Night 2020, I think, was that the year we won the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, Because it was like the last show that we had for oh, like okay. a year because um, it was, COVID. It was and probably four years ago then. Truly. Mm-hmm. And, and that was at the Folly. Um, and then we, as everyone, we tried to figure out what the world looked like after and during COVID. Oh, sure. And so then we moved to the gym. Um and so, yes, it is this Saturday. Uh, Marianne has been working so hard. All of our committee members, it's um, really a group effort. We've got new talent and um, our artistic co-directors who could not be here because they are quite literally are all around the city, either rehearsing, coordinating, producing. Um, but Ian Shaughnessy and Bobby Fadry, they have this is, you know, this is their show. This is their second year, I believe, as artistic co-directors leading the organization. And um, Bobby really has poured her heart into um, producing this show in a meaningful way for, you know, this era of our organization and the city. And so for the 20th year, um, she really wanted to create a space for young choreographers, emerging choreographers, so like 12 to 18-year-olds. So she, um, her alongside another dancer who's with our company and super talented Anna Boehm, um, created the Young Choreographers 
workshop that um, workshopped with professional choreographers and and youth ages 12 to 18. I think we had five students come, um, worked and learned choreographic skills. And then two of them are actually going to be performing this Saturday for the first time ever on a professional stage. So now, it used to be that the, the choreographers were more experienced people, yeah. but you've changed that now to more younger emerging people. Yeah. I mean, I think that some of the choreographers from years past had been like, I think the youngest was a high school student, maybe in a performing arts school. And man, she was incredible. I remember seeing her um, and she actually had left Kansas City to go to college, but came back to perform at Modern Night, you know, for several years now. And so um, when you think about something like that and the power that Access has, I think um, Bobby was just really jazzed about this year being kind of the open door to new talent. And, and you know, when you're 12 years old and you're along all of the professional dancers that have done this several times, I could imagine it's nerve-wracking. But, um, you know, opening the stage and creating spaces for new emerging artists, even if they're younger, is, is a big deal. And um, so I'm really, as an organization, couldn't be happier that um, these two women, Bobby and Anna, kind of made that happen. And so... On Saturday, we'll get to see the results of two of those young dancers' works in the show. When we come back from our break, and believe it or not, we are almost halfway through, so I have to stay on track here. I have to focus. <laughs> I want to hear about who the choreographers are and a little bit about each one of their presentations, because I've noticed over the years when I've seen things, and even talking with them after the show, that often it was things that meant something to them personally. And I I won't give any specific examples. I could, but the choreography that this woman uh, directed, created and directed, uh, had something to do with people in her life that she was doing something about. So it was very interesting to see that. And when we return from our break, we're going to talk about the choreographers, uh, the presentations they have. I assume there are going to be 10 of them. There usually is. Eleven. Eleven. Oh, even more. Ooh. It's hard to tell people no sometimes, isn't it? It's and so, so we'll come back talk about that. We'll t what's going on? Um, a modern night at the Jam is Saturday, February the third at the Jam Theater, seven thirty p.m. Uh, I didn't write down the exact address, but it's on uh, it's on Eighteenth Street, just at the intersection of Vine, just up the street a little few doors to the east from there. And we will talk about uh, all of that with Lydia Knopf and Marianne Ellison from uh, City in Motion uh, Dance. And we're going to talk about Modern Night at the Jam. A lot more on that when we return. You're listening to the Arts Magazine radio program right here on KKFI. 90.1 FM. Freeze Frame! Hi, I'm Russ Simmons with Freeze Frame. KKFI's weekly look at the newest cinematic fair in theaters and streaming. The banality of evil is the subject of the devastating German entry, The Zone of Interest, loosely based on the novel by Martin Amos. It's the favorite to win this year's International Film Oscar. The film is about Rudolf Haas, the commandant of the Auschwitz concentration camp during World War II, and his family's carefree life on the other side of the compound wall. Unthinkable horrors occur on one side, while the family goes about their mundane daily lives on the other. Director Jonathan Glazer's unique approach keeps the deadly action out of sight, which only adds to the ominous effect. 
Christian Friedel and Sandra Hewler play the commandant and his wife, who bicker about trivial matters while man's inhumanity to man plays out nearby. The zone of interest is an uneasy watch and a chilling one. On the other side of the cinematic universe, Snoop Dogg stars in the Amazon Prime comedy The Underdogs. Snoop plays an egotistical former NFL star whose conceited and narcissistic ways alienate everyone around him. After a series of run-ins, he's forced by court order to coach a Pop Warner team of football losers. Take the Bad News Bears and the Mighty Ducks and up the foul language and crude humor tenfold, and you'll have an idea of what you're in for with this R-rated farce. If your idea of a good time is watching preteen kids behaving in ways that would make a sailor blush, then this movie is for you. While it admittedly has some funny moments, the writing and direction are ham-fisted. The running time is 141 minutes, but it seems longer. The underdogs is as irritating as fingernails on the chalkboard. You've been warned. Well, that's it for this edition of Freeze Frame. Until next time, I'm Russ Simmons with Fox 4 and KKFI-FM. Freeze Frame! This is Maria Vasquez-Boyd, producer and host of Artspeak Radio. Starting Wednesday, January 24th, Artspeak Radio will air from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. We'll continue our mission to bring you the best in the art world. Tune in to Artspeak Radio, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., only on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. KKFI is always accepting applications for new volunteers. Whether you'd like to learn how to produce a radio show, edit audio, or sit on our board of directors, you can help lead our organization into the future. You can go online to kkfi.org and click the menu link to apply to be a volunteer at 90.1 FM. If you or someone you know is suffering from thoughts of suicide, you can dial the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988 or go to 988lifeline.org. This is a public service announcement of 90.1 FM KKFI. And welcome back to the Arts Magazine show right here on KKFI 90.1 FM, your community radio station right here in good old Kansas City. I'm Michael Hogue, your host. Thank you for joining us at our new time, 9 in the morning. Uh, the schedule has changed around. So as I said earlier, if uh, if there's a particular show, like you heard the announcement that Maria made, she uh, has an art show as well. She is now on Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m., whereas I am on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. So uh, they've tried to group things together. Well, we'll see how all of that goes. But there's uh, there's more music shows overall, as uh, as you'll hear if you stick with the schedule. Uh, welcome back. We're speaking with City in Motion Dance, talking about Modern Night at the Gym. I guess it's the 20th annual presentation. Is City in Motion in its 39th season? I wrote that down. 39 years, that is, a, that is quite a while. It is. Yes. Well, I, I have questions, of course, about those stories as well. And, I, and I've heard many over the years. But why don't we not shortchange the choreographers we'll we'll and, their, <laughs> and their presentations? Uh, who kicks it all off at, at 7.30 on? Uh, so new this year is the Young Choreographer Showcase. So um, 
those two artists will take the stage at 7.30. And then, yeah, we have a few more choreographers this year. Um, one of them is because it's a brother-sister duo. But um, the choreographers featured in the in the main program is Suzanne Ryan Stratty. Um, her piece is a fun, energetic piece based on telephone use. Um, we have Liat Roth. Uh, which she is performing an upbeat, jazzy modern that focuses on the resilience and perseverance of Jews surviving in Nazi Germany. Uh-huh. Um, Troy and Caitlin Gardner, which uh, is the brother-sister duet, um, they have a, a piece called Swing, which is a duet based on their sibling relationships and growing up together. So a lot of camaraderie. There's Anna Boehm, uh, one of our company dancers, but also she's presenting work individually called Workforce, a piece that depicts the buildup of exhaustion and frustration a person faces in a toxic environment. Uh, this is why I love Modern Night, because you know you can go and sit in the seats and watch the show and see the dance pieces and draw your own conclusions, but it's really interesting to see the inner workings of the artist's mind. And like I said earlier, a, a lot of personal experience goes yes. into this. This is probably something that they had, I'm speculating now, that they had considered doing over the years. Had they said, one day I would like to... They get a chance to do that Absolutely. at Modern Night. I mean, and uh, I failed to mention, but Olivia Emmert is another uh, local artist choreographer, and she helped with the Young Choreographer Showcase. She shared that dance is a language, and it's so cool um, speaking to some people that used to run this show and make this show happen. They would say, what other night do you get to see, you know, 10, 11 different languages being spoken on stage because you've got all these different unique people in one place? Um, so I'm just super stoked, uh, hearing about these, but to keep, <laughs> sure. to keep dropping the names, um, we have Jennifer Owen of Owen Cox Dance Theater. Um, she is performing a solo or she's not performing the solo, but she choreographed the solo, uh, still the time with the softness and long lines and beauty set on an amazing male dancer. Uh, Tina Cambor is uh, presenting Feast of Assumptions, which is a thoughtful piece with spoken word. And the idea came from her uh, dinner party she had and how reactions are mostly based off of stereotypes. So deep. Um, Tess Lozada Minor uh, is presenting Elegy Elegia. I'm probably butchering that, so sorry. But it's a solo based off the generation grief and hopes passed down to children of immigrants and refugees. We have Percy May, who uh, was formerly with City Motion and then has moved to Houston, Texas. So uh, they've come back two years in a row now to perform. Really, really dynamic. Um, The piece they're presenting is Illusion of Truth Effect, which means the tendency to believe false information to be correct after repeated exposure. You believe what you would like to believe, Yes, Yes, and you take in what you want to believe sometimes. Um, Really deep. I'm excited to see that one. And then two two more promise. So uh, sweet to my heart. Marina Vianello is a dancer from Kansas City. She's actually the daughter of one of the co-founders, Andrea Skrovronik, and uh, she's danced with City Emotion since I rem- she was... I remember her when she was younger. Yeah. So little and yeah. uh, has really done it. I mean, she lives in New York City now and dances professionally, but she um, is coming back for the 20 years and presenting a piece called Reveries, uh, 
The work is an abstract demonstration of human daydreams and the state it induces for people. Isn't it interesting how some move away, but, well, they stay working wherever they went and for the purpose that they went, but they'll come back to do something special like this. Oh, sure. They miss it, obviously. I think it makes Kansas City um, so lucky. And it, I mean, it reinfuses life when people decide to come back, you know, it's sure. the brain drain where they just the leave, brain drain. leave and take all their <laughs> talents, you know, no, they want to come back. And I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, dear friend. And then uh, last, but certainly not least, uh, our artistic co-director at City Motion, Bobby Fadri, um, her piece, It Is What It Is, is a three-part dance based off of our interactions with others. Our Midwest politeness plays a huge part. The dancers choreograph solos based off of verbal cues, and then the piece was stitched together like a quilt. So that yeah. will um, that will make it for our twenty year lineup uh, for Modern Night this Saturday. And, Is it hard uh, to pick who to have? Oh my gosh, Michael! Uh, apparently, the adjudicator there was thirty submissions this year from artists all over all around the United States. So um, you know, in years past, we've had. Los Angeles, New York, Texas, Chicago, St. Louis represented. Um, it's my understanding that this year they really wanted to focus on like the locality and, and dancers that are living and working here with, you know, the exception of a few coming from other places. But it was extremely hard. And, and quite frankly, we thought about ways we could encapsulate that 30 you know, who are these 30 people and maybe showcase them, you know, or honor them. But I think just that number speaks for itself, too, that there's that much desire to show work and have work shown. There's a lot of things, that, as I know, doing a show like this, there's, there's a lot of artistic groups in this area. When you consider the size compared to New York, well, are there more in New York? Of course there are. But capacity-wise... Mm -hmm. We may even have them beat percentage-wise. Uh, number of people, number of groups. Kansas City's probably pretty up there. Modern Night's kind of a cult classic. I don't know. I think people look forward to it. Yeah, and what a what an honor to be noticed by that many choreographers that they would like to come to Kansas City yeah. or know Kansas City, know our programs here, and you know the responsibility to choose wisely. You know all of these emerging artists or established yeah. um, or returning talent to Kansas City. It's it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. And of course, it is Saturday, February the 3rd at the Jam Theater. Starts out at 7.30 p.m. I guess you can go to the City in Motion website to inquire. We can't give prices here on uh, our not-for-profit radio station, but Heard. we can tell you where to find it. <laughs> yeah. It's cityinmotion.org, and this phone number that you gave me, uh, 200 is in it. Is that someone's personal home phone number or is it okay for people to call with inquiries about ticketing oh totally okay yeah it's kind of a decoy number it, it umbrellas all of city in motion so <laughs> call about classes call a about decoy, tickets a yeah decoy number it yep. sounds like a spy number okay <laughs> eight one six two zero 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 three zero one and of course uh it's, it's probably best to go online because you can read more at city in motion dot org we're speaking with lydia knopf who is the current uh, board president and marianne ellison uh, a former board member now she calls herself a volunteer <laughs> how, how long were you with uh, or still you're still yeah. with so count count up to now how long are you with city in motion i mean i started um 
as a student about 10 years ago in, in 2004 because it was Midtown organization and I knew dancers and um, people who had taken here and, and Billy Mahoney was recommended as a tap class to take. So that's how I got started. Um, you know, word of mouth, you know, which is a strong advertising campaign. And then, um, you know, a board member who worked the volunteered at the front desk encouraged me a few years down the road of that experience that she's like, come to a board meeting, you know, and maybe you want to participate, you know, have a point of view or, or just an interest to, to, to keep this going. Um, so yeah, I, I encourage others who, you know, love the arts, love dance in particular is always welcome to come on down, come, come on to the down. show, introduce yourself, um, contact us. We're always looking for new um, interested parties to take on a role. It can be so small, which is how I feel I've thrived in the small role uh, feature here sure. at City Don't in Motion. Don't let her tell you that, Michael. No, it's true. <laughs> every role is important. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if you're working at a job, you know, there could be a part-timer that loves a niche and, a, and mm -hmm. then the leader who loves this other piece. And we all, you know, all in between. And it, that's, it's vital to have everybody, you know, come together with a point of view that, you know, just brings it even further down the line. You get Mm -hmm. better and better with collaboration so sure. that's true i'd say please consider volunteering for for us for another organization it's mm -hmm. it's really brought a lot into my life meeting new people um new friends and just you know having um you know feeling good about your community and and taking part in something that's like 20 years rich or 39 years rich mm -hmm. i mean that's you know you you've helped that that feels good so consider so that sure yeah that's my plug as a volunteer she's trying to fill community. her empty spot yeah. now that she's left we always <laughs> well and even as a student you know you meet new new people that you would never have met had you not shown up to something and, it, and I might be out of my comfort zone here mm -hmm. and every time I show up just a smidge but it makes me feel good afterwards <laughs> <laughs> so yay, yay we're here today so. i remember the lady who taught the uh, uh the, the i guess it was hula uh, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. i remember she would always say yeah now it's all in the hands watch the hands and i thought to myself oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna only watch the hands <laughs> <laughs> it happens it but happens. It, it, ha it happens as well but uh, classes were a big part of it let's uh i don't know how much do you want to get into the history uh it it's 39 years now. That's a long time. What were the circumstances that were going on that you've been told? Obviously, you're not, <laughs> you're not even that old. But <laughs> what were the circumstances that caused and who got involved in, uh, in starting this organization? Yeah, so um, I have had the pleasure of learning kind of the origin story of City in Motion and um, it's quite beautiful. And and frankly, I think uh, as an organization in 2024, not to be too like uh, unhumble, but I do feel that we have embodied our mission, which has been to um, be a presenter and a a producer of high quality contemporary dance in Kansas City. And so when the organization was founded in 85. It was the, the brainchild of um, really talented people 
I know Randy Barron, um, Kathleen Kingsley, Harlan Brownlee, Ariel Newman. Yeah, Ariel Newman. Yeah. That's um, her married name. I can't remember what her maiden name was at the moment. But It's really rough name dropping because I don't want to miss <laughs> anyone and I know oh, I have no. because, uh, you know, frankly, when I was in City Motion, it was Andrea Skavronik and... Um, Rick Hillis? Oh, Rick Hillis. Yeah. Jean Dickinson. And the yeah. gentleman who has since passed away. What was his name? Can't think right now. He, I had him on, of course. Oh, really? But he was one of the artistic co-directors. Uh, well, and that's along with Andrea. Really? Oh, Dale Fallon. Dale Fallon. Yeah. That's what right. a what a what a light in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I was sharing that when we were in youth dance theater, we would get these little moments to come on to a professional stage again and do like a small piece in a larger show. And so everyone always wanted to be partnered with Dale because he could pick you up and uh, he was just so fun uh, to be around. As with all of the, you know, professional dancers that have come through City in Motion, I follow many of them and, you know, they're out living their lives in other communities and places, but it's so cool knowing that like their footprints are here and um, the organization is here too. You know, our heart is still beating. It's been a little weird. Um, Post-COVID, I've mentioned a few times, but really the beginning in 85, um, Randy Barron, that group of founders um, noticed there was not many avenues for contemporary modern dance, experimental dance, and so they um, found this old church on 700 West Penway uh, in the West Side and uh, started doing their own work. They performed in the World's Fair in Spain um, in the 90s. And, um, you know, did a lot of experimental things around town and invited others. I know that, um, you know, groups like Urban Bush Women, who were getting started in Kansas City and are now based in Brooklyn, um, performed in our venue, you know, at this church because there was not, there was just not space. There, there was not <laughs> accessibility to um to this kind of art form yet and so they made it happen and then um, through that spirit you know the school became an extension to invite others in and the new dance series became a way to produce and present Um, and so then that really have has evolved now to what city in motion is today which is you know, a school, we've we've started to coin the term outreach program because we've been popping up in little places. You know, we know that transportation can be a barrier, cost can be a barrier to taking a dance class, and that's not fair. We want everybody to experience the joy of dance. And so as much as we can um, provide programming for no cost or grant funded programming we have, and I think that's a really exciting avenue for our organization we want to continue in Kansas City. Um, so we're we're an educational component. We're also the presenter of dance. That's dance in the park every Saturday, yeah. September. I wanted to ask you about those, which is turning twenty five this year. <laughs> so we got another landmark you, year. Don't you have you have three professional events during the year? Correct. Modern night is one of them. Dance in the park is another one. But you have a professional company show usually around April yeah April last weekend of April this year and it's always at well not always but this year it's at City Stage Theater and Union Station Um, and and I would say that's the hidden gem of the group because kind of modern night brings together other artists and um, so they're bringing their following in and then dance in the park is in a park in a public place and it's free and so that has its own 
cult following, but the the show in spring, the professional company show, is like the outpouring of heart and soul of of the artistic directors. And so like last year, the show was called Matters of the Heart. And so the artistic directors presented work, but the dancers on our in our company presented work. And it, there was guest dancers. I mean, it was incredible. I cried multiple times. Um, oh. <laughs> happy tears. <laughs> but you know, it's it's truly, excuse me, the embodiment of our mission, that spring show too. And so yeah, just mark your, your, mark your calendars uh, last week of April. Um, and as a part of that, we always do a, like an industry night on Friday and invite dancers and students from across the, the city to come and see the show for free um, to get exposed and just provide access. Um, so that's that's kind of us in a nutshell. I know I'm missing things. The only thing I'd like to mention is, you know, we we work hard to to reach to the community for sponsorships and um, small advertising um, within our program. So we we're lucky that we are um, partnering throughout the year with interested parties that mm-hmm. love to see dance, love to see the arts come together, really want, you know, this to continue. So we have Huge. tons of small businesses and larger scale funding, you know, that it's, mm-hmm. it makes it happen. So we just want to thank all of our partners. Yes. Um, if Lydia can help me with that. Sure um, can. But I know that I just, that is a big part of also what we do Absolutely. throughout the year is try to find people who want to help us continue this mission yeah you know yeah bring it forward so thanks to everyone who who does participate like kkfi who's had us on almost every show to to share (laughs) the good news you know media partner truly local media outlets is a huge thing you were a neighbor for a while you were were a few doors down (laughs) kind of miss being your neighbor a little bit (laughs) come back to midtown but um yeah like the local media outlets arts kc missouri arts council um, Health Forward Foundation recently allowed us to give over 200 free classes last year um, in partnership with Linwood YMCA. Missouri Department of Economic Development just, um, you know, really enabled our season to happen to support all of the venues around Kansas City that have kind of been also rebuilding um, in the in the post-COVID era, as well as individual donors and um, grants like Flarsheim Charitable Foundation, Richard J. Stern Foundation for the Arts, the Francis Foundation, and countless, countless others, like Marianne said, board members really get the brunt of it because they are on the ground working the neighborhoods that we put shows on in to make sure that businesses and entities know. I mean, and that's hard work. It's yeah, really well, hard work to sell. The, the dance I remember, the dance in the park, was a yes. neighborhood effort of, yes. was it five neighborhoods? Yes, and yeah. Michael, we added a sixth neighborhood last year. So, I, yeah, I would be remiss to not mention um, Volker, Valentine, Col- Coleman Highlands, West Plaza, Hanover Heights, and Roanoke. Yeah, I think Hanover Heights must be the new They're one. They're the new one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's so beautiful that people come together and say, yes, we do believe in this mission. And no, we might not be, you know, dancing at, in classes every night, but we want to bring dance to where we are and, and 
that is just makes me cry every sure. time. Well, like, well, don't cry after. This but show. but <laughs> I would I would want to say um, or just have Marianne kind of touch on this year's modern night because she was really the one that made a really unique partnership happen that we're excited to offer to our audience members sure. this year. Well, Saturday night we're going to start the show, of course. Um, 730 uh we'd love you to come down and and that's uh for the modern night show but we're going to be um, we're partnered with vine street brewing which is just two blocks from the show uh-huh. and they are a new uh local brewery and so they are they're our new uh sponsor you'll find that they are hosting us right after the show so we're gonna just kind of have a little celebration parade down yeah. to the brewery mm-hmm. yeah so it's so we're just excited that we're you know have a new um sp- sponsorship um and that is so important to us because we're making new friends all the time and that's mm-hmm. what it's all about because we want to promote them they're they're new to the community mm-hmm. um three unique founders um great organization annie helped you know just decided that they were willing to help us and, and we would love to help them get the word out to go to Vine Street Brewing anytime. Anytime. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, let's review in the couple of minutes we have left. Saturday, February the 3rd at the Gem Theater, Modern Night at the Gem, the uh, 20th annual That's presentation great. of the Choreographer Showcase. You learn a lot about them and their lives and their feelings, along with seeing the, uh, their beautiful dance that they've choreographed. And, uh, and let's touch one final time on the classes. Most of them are in the Waldo area? Yes, as of now, yes. Okay. And if you are listening and would like to bring dance to your organization, that is, that's cool too. Find us on our website, contact us. Those satellite pop-up partnerships are really life-giving and um, a huge part of the work. So. Okay, Go th- that, and that is cityinmotion.org. I want to thank both of you for coming. It's this early Michael. hour in the morning. Thanks for what you <laughs> See, do. Most, most, outer, most artistic people uh, uh, sleep in. <laughs> that was one of my concerns. <laughs> <laughs> but it has worked out real well so far. Thank you both, Lydia Knopf who is the current board president, and Marianne Ellison, a longtime board member and dancer. And uh, I'd ask you about your dancing past if I had more time, but I don't. Oh, you're so sweet. This has <laughs> been so much fun. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, both of you, for coming and tell, telling us about Modern Night at the Jam, Saturday, February the 3rd at the Gem uh, Theater. It starts at 7.30 p.m. Lincoln is here. Link's mix is next. It could be anything. That's why they call it a mix. <laughs> and then later on, we'll have, well, we'll have jazz. We'll have blues. We'll have hip-hop. We'll have lots of things going on throughout the day right here on your community radio station, 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City's community radio. So until next, we meet, ladies and gentlemen, at that crossing the road. I'm Michael Hogue. We'll see you next time.